Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dusty, how you doing, my friend? Have a nice weekend? Oh, I'm living the dream, baby. Living the dream. A, a dream, anyway. <laughs> There's got to be more to that. Uh, it's, a, it's a tormented nightmare, if you want me to elaborate, but it's a dream, all right. No, we're good. <laughs> Having a good weekend. Having a good weekend. All right. Very good. It's time for some Penn State football talk. But before we get there, let me take care of a little administrative stuff, uh, Dustin. Some of you may have noticed, some of you not. We have updated our app. It's a, We're working with a new host now. Very longer story than whatever you had, Dusty. So I'll just leave it at that. So if you listen to us through the app, if you haven't updated it yet, go to just just update your app. It'll get you to the uh, upgraded version. We're adding some new things to it. One of them, we have a nice link in there to Blue White Illustrated. T, our buddy T. Frank hosts a show there, and guess what? He actually has our show. Now is on his YouTube channel too, my show with uh, T Frank. So you actually get to see us and yes, confirm faces for radio, uh, Dusty. So that's hey, the first announcement. Didn't, didn't you say what before you updated the app? Didn't you say there was going to be more shirtless photos of all of all the <laughs> KSN personalities, or or did you actually want people to download the app? <laughs> first and foremost, we got one of you, Dusty. That's the headline. Good. <laughs> All right, let's leave it at that. But along with that changeover, some administrative <laughs> things got lost in the shuffle, not just Dustin's shirtless picture. But please, I beg of forgiveness from some of you. Uh, I'm not up to date with our prizes over the last several weeks, even month or so. And it has to do with that changeover and some of the information. So I beg you, if you have won, recently and haven't gotten your prize i beg your forgiveness please contact me let me know confirm for me so we'll get that all straightened out you can send an email to info at ksnsports.net also just an an addendum to that is the prize is now a shirtless picture of me just to just to keep that theme going And Jim is now guaranteed to not get any (laughs) emails at all. All right, Dusty, let's move on. We've got lots to talk about. We're going to talk about the Nittany Lions' upcoming schedule this season. We'll get to that in quarter two through quarter four. But first, let's just catch up what's going on in camp, Dusty. First off, the story, and I hate this story because I think it's so irrelevant, but Oh my goodness, is Drew Aller going to be the starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, it's to the surprise of nobody, right? But uh, he is getting the majority of first-team reps, you know, and it it just does kind of suggest, like, maybe he's separated some, but just the idea of a competition at the quarterback spot, I appreciate it. Once again, I appreciate the sentiment. I appreciate that Drew Aller isn't feeling like anything's handed to him, but... It's what everybody knew all along that this guy's the starting quarterback and there's a lot of rightful hope around him and there's some things that have to be learned yet, but he is getting first team reps. It, it, it didn't take long to start to put this story to bed. And my question now is, 
when will we get any kind of proclamation or announcement? When will James Franklin make it official? Will it be before kickoff against West Virginia? I think so, but I don't know for sure. I think it will. I'll tell you what, Dustin, I'm so over this story, and let me tell you why. Essentially, James Franklin did make this announcement. He made it in August of 22, prior to last season, when he announced that Drew Aller was now second team, ahead of Bo Perbola, ahead of Christian Vayu, who's older than him, had an extra year on him. At that point, when he made that announcement, it was like him saying, Drew Aller is our starter in 23, and oh, by the way, Christian Vayu will be transferring as soon as it, the timing is correct. So as far as I'm concerned, this story was over August of 22. And I mean, you're, you're, you're being playful about it, but you know, going no, back not. to that, <laughs> going back to that time, that was a really significant move because the incentive was to not allow Bo Perbola to believe that Aller had a step up on him. And it was certainly not to to do the thing that was almost certainly going to make Christian Bayou transfer. So the fact that he made it so crystal clear at that point in time that he was the second best option, it would have been a monumental upset from that point to now if anybody you know ma- made that not happen. So again, I mean, it's it's a non-story, but at the same time, you know, it it does just kind of show five minutes into camp. That, yeah, all right, Bo Perbola doesn't really have a shot in this quote-unquote competition. Exactly. I'll tell you what else is going on in this camp, Dusty. In your notes, you called it a championship vibe. I think between they're getting national notice. Um, the team seems confident. James Franklin seems to be his mindset is really good where he's at. Are you buying all of this championship feeling? I, I am. Um, you know, it does feel different. <clears throat> it does feel like they, they've embraced those expectations. It does feel like there's a really deep-rooted belief among the players that they very much belong uh, as a Big Ten champion, as a college football playoff participant. I think they believe all those things, and I, I think – you know, it's not to the point where their heads are inflated. Like I, it just seems like there's a very, there's a very strong business feel to things. And, you know, this, this kind of thing, you know, the intangible thing of having that vibe, having that collective attitude uh, is significant when you look at getting over the top against the two teams that they haven't been able to beat consistently, Michigan and Ohio state, you need that. You know, you need that belief, you need that confidence, you need that business demeanor in order to separate when you need to separate uh, in, in these games against these teams. So I, I, I am buying it, um, but again, I mean, there's there you can you can buy it the whole way until you don't show up against Michigan or you don't show up against Ohio State or you let a fourth quarter lead disappear. I mean, you that championship vibe really needs to come in handy whenever you're at a real crossroads in a tough game. And, you know, Dusty, I'm buying it, too, but I'm doing it more because they're confident because they have the talent, and it's not just the studs, offense, defense. I also love both coordinators. I think there's a confidence there 
those guys, the coordinators themselves are confident, and I believe the players are confident in them. So I, I'm all in on this team. I, I think the vibe is justified. Um, another thought, we two positions that are talked about so much are defensive tackle and wide receiver. Let, let's start with wide receiver. And, you know, I know there's a name that you've liked since he got there, Dusty. And now it just seems like maybe some of the other folks, they're catching up with Dusty on him. Who's that? I mean, everybody is always in pursuit of me, right? Everybody's a step back and, and trying to catch up. But Caden Saunders is really a name to know and watch. Um, I don't think he was really that guy who just because it didn't happen right away, everybody forgot about him. But I do feel like as he goes into his redshirt freshman year, and that last year was a bit of a struggle and he kind of explained himself as far as that when he just kind of wasn't ready for um, for that last year. Uh, you know, I, I, I think um, he's, he's just somebody like I, I feel like fans kind of forgot about him a little bit or didn't have very high expectations in year two because of that. But I think what we've learned so far in camp is that, you know, if you listen to Keandre Lambert Smith and the way that. Um, that Saunders is performing in his eyes, you know, that was meaningful. And that was just, uh, I think Friday uh, he spoke about this was, was Saunders kind of coming into his own a little bit. And that would be big, big news if that remains true the whole way through camp to the start of the season. Um, I think he is a candidate for that number three job. And if it's not the number three job, I think he's, I think he's different enough that he can play in certain situations, even if he's the number four or number five. So I think this, this would be big if it continues to unfold that way. Like I really like him a lot, the quickness, the speed, um, just the natural feel he seems to have for that slot position. As long as we're on the wide receivers, Dusty, Yes, it does seem like Keandre Lambert-Smith and Trey Wallace, and I'm very much a Trey Wallace guy. I think you know that as, as one and two. It's interesting you talk about Caden Saunders seems to be moving up in the pecking order. Now we're talking about Dante Cephas battling for that number three spot. Weren't we originally saying he might be, you know, 1A or 1B? I didn't, I mean, I haven't known and I still don't know what to expect. If, if we're being totally honest, you know, he, he's jumping up in competition. You're not looking at a guy who's like a burner. You're not looking at a guy who's, who's monstrous in size, somebody who knows the position. Uh, I do think he's fighting for everything he can get. And I think that that's exactly what they wanted to happen when he came in. I don't, I don't, I think the more that these young talented guys are scrapping to compete with a guy like this, the better off everybody is. So maybe the the there's not going to be um, a very crystal clear line between number three, number four, number five. Maybe those spots are going to be blurred a bit. But the one thing that James Franklin is talking about is that without a doubt, like there's competition for three, four, five, and six. There's not a competition for the top two, and that's Keandre Lambert Smith and that's Trey Wallace, and that's how it should be. Uh, I think both guys are. Uh, very, very capable of taking a pretty big step forward. But I think Penn State needs them to take a pretty big step forward. It, it is going to be interesting to see because you can use four, five, six wide receivers and see how they fall in the pecking order. All right, we got a minute left, uh, Dusty. We can't talk about this team without at least hitting on the offensive line. And where's this right tackle competition headed, do you think? 
Well, if you listen to James Franklin, he loves Caden Wallace and thinks that he has flashed elite offensive tackle skills, but consistency has been a problem. So it looks like uh, Drew Shelton, you know, putting in a good fight, but it looks like that's Caden Wallace's job to lose. I'm more, I'm looking at left guard too, because I think a lot of people are noticing that we haven't heard a lot about or from Landon Tangwall. So what's going on at left guard? Is he going to be available? Is he going to be healthy? If not, is JB Nelson ready for the job? And I think JB Nelson is ready for the job if he needs to be, but that's another big one. As as you're putting that right tackle job almost to rest, I think that's where my eyes are shifting now as left guard. It's funny. You mentioned Tangwall. He was on my (laughs) notes. I wanted, I'm glad you brought it up. And I am, since the start of 22, I've wanted to see that Fashionu Tengwa left side of the offensive line, Dusty. And yes, we keep hearing whenever practice is open to the media, Tengwa hasn't been there. Hopefully come September 2nd, he will be. That is it for quarter number one. Stick around starting in quarter two. We're going to talk about this schedule. Stay tuned. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He is Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, it's time to go over the schedule. And you know what? Let's do this in chronological order. Doesn't Smart. that make sense? Smart. Let's yeah. start with the first game. What do you think? Wow. I mean, instead of going with with game number nine first, this is a bold strategy. Let's see if it works out. I, I, I'm sticking my neck out on this one, <laughs> Dusty, but I thought we, <laughs> we would just take the games in order. That means we start with West Virginia. Dustin, we're only a couple weeks away from it. It's my personal opinion on this is this is like the perfect game to start with. I'm not that concerned about it upset. However, it's a team from a power five conference, or maybe we've got to start getting used to saying power four conference. It's a power conference. 
It's an old rival in West Virginia. It's a team that usually gives up lots of points. So yeah. I, I think this is it's going to be a night game, first national TV game, Big Ten game for NBC. I think this is a perfect game to start the season. It's a, it's a really big platform to probably put a whooping on somebody. You know, this is, this is not a, this is not a West Virginia team that that's very um, well constructed for week one to go on the road in a hostile environment and be successful. And I think that's probably true on both sides of the ball. You know, this is a a team that gave up almost 33 points a game last year. There's not a lot of reason to believe that they're going to improve from that. Uh, They struggled against the pass. That's kind of a good thing for, uh, for Drew Aller and, and that Penn State offense is maybe you can build a rhythm going that way. You've got a coach in Neil Brown who, you know, I think there's some impatience there too. So another narrative I think uh, going into and coming out of this game is that there's a if there's a huge colossal flop from West Virginia on a big national stage, you're going to have some hot seat conversation, you know, the rest of the way for Neil Brown. Um, they did give up a lot of points last year. They played some teams pretty tough. They beat Oklahoma State late. They beat Oklahoma late. It's not a pushover uh, per se, but, you know, they are uh, they, they've got two quarterbacks um, as of when I last looked vying for that that starting job. And I don't think either one of them is really going to knock your socks off. So you're going to have a first time starter, you know, playing against that crowd, playing against that that pressure defense. It could be a turnover prone kind of day. And West Virginia just can't afford anything like that in this game. So I I, I think it's going to be a game that that Penn State, as you said, there's a lot of wins here. Um, you know, a national brand, a national brand opponent uh, in front of a, a, a night crowd on NBC. I mean, th- there's a lot to gain here for Penn State with not a lot of downside. I mean, they're, they're going to try to um, run the ball a lot. And, you know, it is going to be in, in that respect uh, a test for where we have a little bit of concern or question about Penn State's defense as being able to stop the run. But I don't think they're going to be able to complement that with much else uh, both offensively and I think defensively, they're going to give up some big plays. So uh, I, I do like Penn State in, in this one, and I think it's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot to gain, I believe, in doing so. You know, Dustin, over the years, there's certain expressions that I pick up along the line, and I can't remember which college coach talked about hanging half a hundred on somebody, but half a hundred is now one of my favorite expressions. If James Franklin has any chance at all, and I think he does, of hanging half a hundred on West Virginia, I think that could happen. Just an early, you know, uh, preview of what might be my bold prediction the week of the game. I think if West the the second West Virginia falls behind schedule offensively, the second they get a third and eight, you're going to see potential for some game tilting situations like I I feel like I can't help but feel like there's going to be one or two times where the defense sets up a short field and if they if they do that kind of thing I think the the, the Penn State offense is going to create enough big plays probably in the on the ground for starters uh, I, I think if if West Virginia beats themselves in any way it could get pretty ugly pretty quick all right Next up is Delaware, Dusty, and here's the only stat I'm going to bring up about this Delaware team. Last year, they lost by 20 to Elon. 
Yeah. So, and that's not Elon Musk. That's just Elon. Um, so yeah, I, I <laughs> think it, a full it, team. They, they, they beat Navy 14, seven to, to open the year. There's a team that lost to Villanova. I mean, this is an FCS team. That's, that's pr- just a pretty solid outfit across the board, but just isn't going to have the horses. I mean, they, they didn't give up a lot. Um, defensively last year, but they also just didn't play a team with with the kind of athletes that that Penn State has. And if you're looking at anything that's remotely close, uh, maybe in the FCS playoffs, they lost to South Dakota State 42 to six. I'm not really scared off by a defense that that's a pretty good brand defense that defends the pass well. It's an interesting one. I mean, I, I don't think so. You look back to a few years ago, right, when Penn State played Villanova and just couldn't establish. Uh, the line of scrimmage and couldn't establish the ground game and how disappointing that was. There's, I think there's potential for that, but I just, I just don't really see it. I think Penn state's de- offensive line is in a different place than it was. Then the, the running backs are a different breed, you know, now with the, uh, with Singleton and Allen, I think Penn state's going to control this game. And I don't know if it's going to be like a, a 66 to seven or something, but it, I think maybe it's a 38 to seven kind of, kind of game. That's, that's the feel that I get where Delaware makes them work uh, because that's kind of what they do. But in the end, they just can't, they just can't match the the speed and athleticism. Dusty lost by 20 to Elon. That's all you need to know. But <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> since I wanted to go down that path, I kept going, Dusty. Elon. <laughs> I respect what, it. What you know, team? but but listen. What's the team nickname? Uh what are they? They're the they're some kind of uh hawk or something, right? The Phoenix. The Phoenix. Okay, there you go. Listen, going what into was, going you you don't go into Elon and, and 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 expect to come out of there. Like that 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 environment. Beaver Stadium's great, you know, but it's not There's Elon. No Elon. It's not Elon, especially right. at noon. Last Elon trivia question. Before they were known as the Phoenix, what were they known as? Um, I'm going to go with the network that this game is on, the Peacock. The Fighting Christians. Oh, man. There's no G man. in the fighting. It's just the fighting. With, with, the, with the apostrophe. Is, isn't that kind of an oxymoron yep. there? <laughs> I guess. But Maybe that's know, why they changed I, it. Apparently one year they were playing Notre Dame. So you had the fighting Christians versus the fighting Irish. So a lot of fighting going on. Get, listen, get, give me, give me the Irish any day of the week. <laughs> but not the Irish. All right. Uh, re- another movie reference and I'm not going to explain it. So let's move on. This is the first game that concerns me. And that's being at Illinois. And I thought the one stat that stood out to me is they allowed 30 points once all year, and they allowed over 20 points only three times, Dusty. This is where I think the tests start for our Nittany Lions. Yeah, and, and I think um, I, I, you hate – like it's a different team, different personality, different year, all that. But that seven-overtime game um, – you know, it, it, it just, it, it stays with it and it should stay with Penn State fans because, you know, the depth of, of Brett Bielema's commitment to what they do is inherently problematic to, to what Penn State wants to do. And it's the same reason that Michigan uh, has kind of taken over the Big Ten is that, you know, you, you can't as a one-off prepare for that type of, of physical, like, you know, commitment to the run. 
So I, I do think that Penn State is going to really have revenge on its mind for for all that. I want to send a message, uh, but this is a test, you know, and, and this is a team that uh, played Michigan really tight on the road last year, played Mississippi State tight in, a, in the bowl game, you know, beat Minnesota, beat Iowa in maybe the least watchable game uh, in the history of football, lost to Indiana. I mean, there's some inexplicable things that happen with Illinois uh, because – you know, that formula isn't tried and true and it isn't all that versatile against everybody, but it is something that Penn State has faced now with the task of, you know, of of confirming that that they're uh, they're good enough to overcome what Brett Bielema wants to do, because certainly I think what happened and what what worked so well for them a couple years ago, he's going to make sure that Penn State can stop that. And I think one of the differences here is, um, you know, Penn State's defense is better. Uh, and I think Penn State's offense is better equipped to pl- to play that type of game too. I think that was the bigger thing, you know, in that in that uh, really dreadful loss to Illinois uh, a couple years ago was that Penn State's offense didn't really do the job. So if their offense shows up, it kind of doesn't matter if Brett Bielema wants to play that seven offensive lineman game. They're not really going to be able to keep up that way. So, but this this is a team that they they play disciplined, they play tough, they play physical, they they try to run run the ball, they try to own the line of scrimmage. It is a unique task that I think sets them up with a nice practice run for Michigan, maybe, and also a practice run for the following week when they have to play Iowa. I mentioned earlier one of my favorite expressions was hanging half a hundred on someone. My other one is for the teams that like to play this way is they like to turn it into a rock fight. And you're going to have that with Illinois. You're going to have that with Iowa the following week. Iowa, Dusty, I think there's just one statistic that tells it all. Their defense a year ago ranked number two in the country. Their offense ranked 129. How could you be ranked 100? I, I didn't know there's 129 teams. Yeah, I mean that they're, they're down they're down in territory where you're like, oh, that's a team, you know that that that's where they're that's where they're down and and you know like that's I'll gonna bet you be Elon was ranked ahead of them. I'll bet you on offense. I mean, that, you can't compare them to that juggernaut though. Um, <laughs> Not the fighting Christians. No way, man. So Brian Ferentz, you know, is, is he? Is this whole thing with the nepotism and all that like? Is it going to be another dreadful year for? Uh, Iowa's offense. I don't know that there's a ton around. I, I think Iowa's, you know, statistical profile this year is going to look kind of like it did last year, uh, where where they are going to struggle offensively and they are going to do a really good job defensively and they're going to make some plays on special teams. They're going to take the ball away. I think it's going to be the same exact statistical profile, and I don't know that profile is good enough to come into Beaver Stadium and win a game. Like you you better have a little bit of balance uh because Penn State's defensive unit is at least as good as Iowa's defense and I think Penn State's offense is going to be much much more effective and less turnover prone than Iowa. So, I don't think they're balanced enough to to pull anything uh off in Beaver Stadium. I think that's a huge point there and remember it's going to be a whiteout game. Penn State, it's so much different playing at Iowa than playing that one at Beaver Stadium, Dusty. All right, that is it for the rock fight version of their schedule, portion of their schedule. Let's get to the next portion after this break. 
Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. We are looking at Penn State's schedule for this year. Quarter number one. We did the math very well, Dusty. We got four games in in the uh, period number two. We've got to do four in quarter three and four in quarter four to get through all of it. But after they get done with Illinois, then Iowa, they then go into essentially three weeks of buys, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you can say that the way, the way things uh, shape up. You got an actual buy in week six, but in week five, you are going on the road to Ryan Field uh, to play a Northwestern team that I think it's safe to say that things have gone better for them in, in the past at, at different times than they are right now. Uh, it's a team that lost 11 games in a row last year, not very competitively for the most part. Um, so, and then that's getting, that's not even getting into all the different hazing and, and, uh, Pat Fitzgerald being relieved of his duties and the defensive coordinator that they just hired over the winter is now the interim coach. I mean, I, there, there's a lot to kind of wonder about here. In addition to the fact that you're not really dealing with a team and a program that has what I would say an abundance of talent in the first place. So you've got a one in 11 team and you know, like we we've made references and jokes in the past about how mercurial um, Northwestern is where they can rattle off four big wins against four really good teams and stun you and then lose four games against teams where they're favored or vice versa. There's always a cold streak. There's always a hot streak. I think we're getting away from that personality now. And I think we're seeing for a while anyway, until they can really get a full on reset uh, that Northwestern's just not going to be very good for a while. 
you know, and, and, you know, Pat Fitzgerald did a wonderful job maximizing their opportunities to win, given the academic standards and, and things that they're dealing with that most big 10 teams aren't. But I don't think that this is that, this is that team. Um, I think it's going to be a, a sleepy kind of, kind of game. that's going to challenge Penn state in that way. There's not a, a start time yet for it, but you got to think maybe a noon, uh, an 11 a.m. Uh, local time start. You know, it's gonna it's gonna challenge you coming out of a whiteout to be up for it. But the good news is, I I don't think Penn State needs to be up for it. I think they need about five minutes of quality game time to win this thing, twenty one nothing, and move on with their lives. And uh, I think just like last year, where they they win at home seventeen seven, it's a little underwhelming. Uh, you're early in the season, but they get the job done. That's a worst case scenario, I think, is like the way that last year's game unfolded. Well, last year too was in the pouring rain. So Correct. It, it was just just a, a crazy game. I think there were some fumbles. Holding on to the ball was a little bit of a, a challenge. And you're right. Northwestern's always been for so many years that team. Whenever you expect them to lose, they win. When you expect them to win, they lose. But they won their first game against Nebraska. That was the game in Ireland, right? So yes, every everybody's favorite thing. If you were an announcer for one of their games, they've yet to win a game in North America. I love that one. <laughs> yes, I love yeah. that one too. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't see much of a challenge there. Then, then they go from Northwestern to home against UMass. Now, UMass, not the you know a higher level team that, and they won just one game last year. And if you look at some of these teams that they lost to, you know, Eastern Michigan and Buffalo and New Mexico state, although they do have a, did have a win over Stony Brook, not looking for much of a challenge from the Minutemen, are you? No, not really. And they didn't even play Elon last year. So that, that should go to tell you. <laughs> Uh, you know, the one thing that caught my attention, I did not know this before I started researching, was um, Don Brown, Michigan's former defensive coordinator, is at the head of the UMass program. They're 1-11. You know, I think Don Brown, it's been a few years since he's really struck fear into a lot of people. Um, he is going to try to play that in your face and that aggressive defense. But needless to say, I don't know that he's got the horses to really pull that off against this Penn State team. It's a homecoming game. Uh, it, it's it's coming out of um, a bye week. It's another one of those games where Penn State should they, they should win at 49-3 or something like that. Bo Perbola should get a little bit of run in this game, I would think. There's not a lot to fear here. The, they, they, it was a punchless offense last year. I don't expect a ton of change this year. They're going to be outmatched. Uh, UMass is just in a weird place. I think they're, they're stuck here as an independent team under a guy who's kind of in the, in the, the twilight of his coaching career. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a team that coming out of a buy, you know, sandwiched between a buy and Ohio state, you know, this is a, pr- I think it's a pretty friendly run up to, um, to play in the biggest game of the year. I think, I mean, you would, you would rather this situation than really thoroughly be tested the week or two before Ohio state, right? You'd you'd like to, to be fresh, um, as opposed to tested. Oh, yes. Yes. I think so. And it's a health thing. If you can get your starters out of the game at halftime or the traditional, they get one, one series to start the second half. 
then take off the helmet, put on the baseball hat, and sit and watch uh, Bo Perbola, you know, run up and down the field. That's yes, I think that's what you want. I think. Do you do you think the starting quarterback job will be will be settled by then though? Well, <laughs> it really depends on you know they'll have a package for Bo Perbola, and if he excels with that package, Dusty, I'll bet pressure's on. Yeah, pressure's on. The heat, the heat's on Drew Aller. Just yeah, no, I, I, it, it, it would be a great sight if you see Bo Perbola play the most extensive um, snaps of his career in this one, which I think is going to happen. This is a, the, the, the UMass offense last year uh, scored fewer points than Iowa. 129 and 130 in the, in the national rankings. 12 and a half points per game, Jimmy. Twelve and a half. Ooh. So, Ooh. this is not the team to to mount any kind of surprise effort against this Penn State defense. I do think halftime ish, you'll you'll be getting into second and third units. Yeah, it, it'd be nice to see. Uh, it, well, that's one of the questions: is early on, if you have a big lead against Delaware and UMass, do you put Prabula in because you're saying to yourself, okay? want the backup to get reps or are you still concerned about getting drew aller reps in his first full year as the starter yeah i I think when push comes to shove you know like you would love to have your second quarterback have enough reps that there there's comfort if they need to be called upon but you know you, you got to make sure that your your starting quarterback is as as well positioned as he can be to be successful. So I do think you know you err on the side of of making sure Drew Aller gets as many looks as many opportunities as he can get. All right, let's go to the first really big game, and then it's at Ohio State. Dusty, we talked about this team being confident going into this season. Let's see it at Columbus. Yeah, I mean, this is this is obviously, you know, to to state the, you know, what everybody knows. It's, it's just such a big game uh, for everybody, and it's, it's such a big test to see if Penn State is really a different team, uh, a different program. If they are, um, you know, if, if they are believers in themselves, I think, you know, for Ohio State, this is they're, they're filled with as much doubt right now as they've been in six or seven years. And maybe that's something that can benefit Penn state, you know, like they, 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 they met a little bit of turmoil because um, even when things were going pretty well, like there were still some questions about, uh, about their, their toughness and their grit and all that. And then Michigan exposes them and puts up 45 on them. Um, You know, but this is, this is such a good, consistently explosive team. Uh, Ohio state, you know, no matter who the coach has been now with Ryan Day, uh, they they put their guys in you know positions to be successful at, better than anybody. Um, so it is going to be the same test it always is, and I don't I don't think that there's going to be a lot of doubt and stuff like that from Ohio State. But you know, I think they they might waver a tiny bit. Um, but I think Penn State athletically is at least in the same neighborhood. And we talked, you know, before in the off season here, difference makers, Penn state's got probably as many difference makers as Ohio state does. Don't you think proven difference makers as Ohio state does? It's just whose difference makers show up and whose don't Ohio state had two big time guys, uh, their defensive end and their wide receiver, Marvin Harrison jr. Showed up in a big way last year. You have to answer for those types of guys and you have to make plays like that on your own. And in the end, like, 
when, when the game's hanging in the balance, you need to have the, you talk about championship vibe, championship mindset. You need to have somebody who's ready to make a play. Who's got the better quarterback. Uh, I mean, I, I would, I would say right now that Penn state uh, does, you know, just, just fit for what they're doing, has some reps in that situation, has some reps in a, in a, in a real uh, big 10 game under his belt. So I, I would go Drew Aller at this point. I, I think so too. And I think that's where you could di- differentiate yourself. Uh, you know, that's the big one that and Michigan following week, then Indiana, they won one big 10 game last year. Uh, they ranked in the hundreds in both total offense and total defense. Do you see any real challenge from Indiana? Yeah, not, not really here. Um, I talked to my buddy Dave Jones uh, on, on a podcast for Penn Live a couple weeks ago, and he's got just a h- hilarious take on, on Tom Allen as the, as the high school gym teacher who's gotten as far as, far as you could have ever expected him to, but that maybe the time's starting to run out for, for him as, as this emotional leader of a program. You know, they're, they're going to be middling for a long time, and, you know, his, his message of intensity is an emotion – Maybe it's just not the right one for for this team. We'll see, but uh, it's not a very it's not a great team. Um, it is it is you know uh, coming out of Ohio State and the emotion and maybe there's a letdown. It's like Indiana is always there. What if Penn State's going to have an emotional letdown? It's like always Indiana uh, noon start. They're at Beaver Stadium, so I think that's plenty to get the job done. But it might be one of those one of those games where uh, Penn State wins it, but maybe they don't cover. You know, maybe it's twenty four seven or that 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 kind of feel. You, I might expect that. And for Indiana, Michael Penix is not walking in that door anytime soon. Okay, and after Michael Penix, I'm not sure there's a lot on that Indiana team to be scared of. So, and as you said, it might be the letdown after an Ohio State game. Either way, win or lose at Ohio State. Yeah but it's still Indiana. So (laughs) Indiana without Michael Penix. All right, Dusty, that is it for quarter three. We're going to wrap up this schedule in quarter number four. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. 
truststatecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter four with Dustin Hawkinsmith. I'm Jim Galanti. We are looking at this Penn State schedule. Dustin, we are right on, on track. We did four games in uh, quarter two. We did four games in quarter three. Guess how many games are left for quarter four? Well, it's it's, it's easy math because you have to do a third of the schedule in each quarter of the show. There, there you, you go. are using a third, getting into <laughs> fractions. Yes, yes. All yeah, four, four games math, to go. The, the, the home stretch stuff. here, which contains the Michigan game, uh, so obviously, you know, more and, you know, if it's funny how narratives go within the season, you know, you, you're probably looking at a team that's unbeaten going to Ohio State. If you pull that thing off, you know, the narrative uh, going into this final third of the schedule, obviously you got college football playoff insight. Obviously, you know, if you're seven and oh, eight and oh, at, at that point. Uh, you're probably flirting with that number one ranking, depending on how things go. I mean, the, so how this final third of the schedule feels, uh, it, you know, the, it could be very different. And Dusty, what's fascinating, and we'll start getting to the games itself, but you bring up a good point. The narrative will be different whether they win or lose that Ohio State game. But what I find interesting is even if they lose to Ohio State, it shouldn't change the narrative because everything would still be in front of them. If they could go 11 and one, you're probably still a playoff team. So let's, you know, with James Franklin, I don't like to make that conjecture. Oh, they'll lose to Ohio state, but everything would still be in front of them. And their next game up would be at Maryland. I know a lot of folks, Dusty, they're on the Maryland bandwagon, but it seems like every year we hear that Maryland's coming, they're coming. But then we, I never see it when Penn State plays them. The, you know, Mike Lockley have, has built a nice uh, amount of depth and talent there, unlike what I think we've probably ever seen from Maryland since they joined the Big Ten. So there's that. And they've got an experienced quarterback who's shown that he can be explosive, uh, I don't know if consistency is really Talia Tungabailoa's strength necessarily. Uh, I don't think consistency is Maryland's strength under Mike Loxley. I think they, they've been in, in a lot of games, and this is going to be something that, that sticks with them, is that, yes, the depth and talent are great, and to have an experienced quarterback is great, but if you find ways to beat yourselves, which I think – you know, ultimately between penalties and discipline issues and inconsistencies, you know, I think that's just something that's going to mark a Mike Loxley team. If, if I'm guessing here, uh, I also think that uh, this Penn state defense with Manny Diaz and the strength of it uh, and, and how dynamic it is really works against um, Talia Tungavailoa. Like, I think he's a guy that if you allow him to get into rhythm if you give him time, if you're not crowding the line of scrimmage, if you can't defend on the back end, if you've got a vulnerability, uh, especially like in that quick passing game, uh, Penn State's thing on defense is no free yards. There's not a single free yard on the field. 
they're going to be able to generate pressure without um, without sending a lot of extra bodies a lot of the time. Uh, you look at the, t- at the timing of it as you get into week 10, um, Penn State and, and the depth and talent that they have, especially this version of the team, uh, is better equipped to absorb a few injuries than, than Maryland is. And that's something that I think even now with Maryland having recruited very, very well, if they've got an, an injury or two along their offensive line, for example, like that's a pretty debilitating thing for them still, where I think Penn State can absorb that uh, better. So the timing of this game, I'm not concerned about it being on the road or anything. I think Penn State's got so many different tools at their disposal to win games. And I don't really trust Maryland as a consistent winner. Yeah, they're dangerous. Uh, they're a threat. And they've proven they, they've, they can beat some really good teams and play with some really good teams. But they've also proven you know, that they can lose some games that, that they shouldn't lose and they should you know lay an egg when you don't expect them to lay an egg. Exactly, Dusty. And I would think if there was ever a time Maryland would have a chance, it's this year. The veteran quarterback at Maryland, more talent than they've ever had, but I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Boy, Tonga Vailoa had a long day last year in that 30 to nothing game. He he really did. All right, which then leads us up to Michigan, Dusty, who I'm actually, and this is the first time I'm going to say this, I'm now thinking this is the biggest game of the year. Because depending on that Ohio State game, Penn State should should come into this game either undefeated or with one loss. And either way, this is the biggest game of the year. Well, and then if you think about the way the last two seasons have gone and the way that Michigan handled Ohio State last year, Michigan's probably a favorite. I honestly don't know whether they're, uh, they're, they're playing at home against Ohio State. Uh, to close the year too. So if you think that Michigan is is probably going to be a favorite against Ohio State at home, and let's say they beat Ohio State, beating Michigan, no matter what happens against Ohio State, is going to really determine a lot of things. And so I, I would also say, like, if you were going to, just in terms of timing of losses and things like that, I think you'd rather lose uh, earlier in the year and give yourself – um, time to improve your national standing to get the the biggest win of, of the year in week 11, uh, which would be this one. So Michigan does uh, a lot hangs in the balance here. They're, they get to play it at home. It's going to be, uh, you know, depending on, again, where Penn State is rankings wise, it's going to be a, a monster uh, game for them. Uh, and it's just going to, it's just going to be a dog fight through and through. And, uh, as embarrassed as they were by Michigan last year, it should it should lead to another level of motivation to toughen up, you know, to really strap on those helmets and to to not make the same types of mistakes. We talked about um, the mistakes that were made uh, last year uh, defending the run with Manny Diaz and how he wanted to get that game back. Well, here's his chance. And whether Penn State has one loss or zero losses, it's just going to be a monster game. Uh, and you get the benefit now of, of playing it at home instead. Um, you know, it's I've made this case a bunch of times, and I'll continue to make the case. Uh, the way that Michigan builds its culture around toughness and owning the trenches and playing a physical brand and, and embracing who they are and uh, ground and pound and all that – it's it's just so hard to flip the switch and be able to play that brand of game against Michigan. And I think it's just so important for you to be able to impose your own will, especially early in a game like this, and make them get away from their comfort 
a little bit. Make them get, make them uh, throw it with JJ McCarthy more than Jim Harbaugh wants to. He's a talented kid. I, I I grasp that. But the more you're handing the ball to Donovan Edwards and and Blake uh, Corum, the the worse off you probably are in terms of how the game flows going. So I, it's just so important to strike early against these guys. I'm not saying you do a trick play or anything like that, or maybe you do do a trick play. I don't know. But you need a big play early, I think, to really be a tone setter. Because if you let them set the tone, it's just not a good thing. And this is a team where Penn State has traditionally, at least it felt like, they're slow out of the blocks. Too many of those three and outs, Dusty. And boy, this is a game you really don't want to do that. And yes, that would set the tone for the game. Penn State can't afford to have that. But again, I'll say it whether they come into this game with a loss to Ohio State or come into it undefeated. You're undefeated. You win this game. You expect to win the Big Ten championship, stroll into the playoffs. If you have a loss coming into this game, you need to win or you're right back where you were a year ago with two losses. Um, Got two more games to go. Next one, well, not really at Michigan State, but in Detroit against Michigan State, I always feel like playing Michigan State at the end of the year, it's really on them what you face. Are they a team that's still in it, competitive and interested, or are they just playing out the strength? Are, are we skipping over Rutgers on purpose, or are we just, I, we just assuming a, a, a Week 12 win? Oh, uh, I did them backwards. I did them backwards. Well, that's okay. Either, either, either way is fine. Um, uh, let's do Michigan State since I did the, the preview yeah. of them. And, and, and it, it is, you, you ask a really good question about how, uh, where Michigan's head and where their hearts are. Um, they're giving up a home game to play Friday night in Detroit. I think you're going to have a pretty considerable Penn State presence in that one, especially, again, if Penn State has a ton more to play for than Michigan State does. Uh, how healthy are they? Is their depth tested? Um, you know, like, I... I, I Mel Tucker Jr. like his his star has faded a little bit. That's what a five and seven season does when you're. I think they started the season almost ranked in the top ten last year, so it was a it was a pretty big dud of a year for them. But I I, I think that you know Michigan State on a on a game by game basis uh, under Mel Tucker Jr. I think they do a pretty good job of uh, managing games pretty well. So you know like I, I know it sounds like a backhanded compliment, but. Um, but to, to kind of extract the most out of what they got in certain situations. So I think there's some of that, but I'm not that fearful of this matchup. I think, again, to play it indoors in November instead of outdoors and having the elements uh, working against them, you know, it can only be good for, for, for Penn State to have a neutral field. And I especially like, you know, when if the weather doesn't have a chance to go haywire, you know, the better team should win most of the time. And Penn State is a better, more athletic, deeper team. If they have injuries, again, just like I said about Maryland, they're going to be in better position to be able to play through them than Michigan State is, especially on a, on a, a week that's a little shorter than most. Uh, definitely, Dusty. And by the way, I just wanted to break up that chronological order thing. I skipped over Rutgers, just went right by them. That's actually the game prior to Michigan yeah. State. I, you know, would they have one Big Ten win all of last year against Indiana? Again, this is another one of those like Indiana and Northwestern is my feeling. Not going to be competitive. 
Yeah, and I, I like Greg Schiano's ability to maximize the talent he has. And uh, they, they, they put a lot of pride into their defense and they put a lot of pride in their special teams and can make some plays there. But ultimately, if you can't consistently find a way to score points, I know this is going to be super dumb and obvious. Like you're just going to have a hard time winning games. Uh, and this is a this is a team that just is it just doesn't have enough um, to 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 beat good teams. And especially when you're talking about playing these guys at home, if there was any team on the schedule that should have been inadvertently uh, forgotten and skipped over, it's probably Rutgers in Week Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it probably should be, Dusty. I'm not expecting a big challenge there. Final thought on the schedule. Uh, I mean, my final thought is that I think they split against Michigan and Ohio State. I mean, that's that's really the, the big factor, seeing where this team can go. I, I think they go 1-1 one one in those games, and they're 11-1 and one on the year. I don't see them losing any other games. I'm I'm right with you. I can't see them winning both of those games. I can't see them losing both of those games. That is it, Dusty, for the show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right. Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love.